Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. I'm excited today because I have a dynamo insurance agent out of Miami, Florida with me today, Lorena Tomasini. And you know what? She has her own podcast. She is a woman influencer out there in the insurance space. So we are pumped to have her with us today. Lorena, hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to share some valuable information with your audience here. Well, thank you. Thank you. So you are um, in Miami and Florida is just a crazy environment. And I know right now it's the middle of July, end of July. So it's hot and it's steamy there, all that. Tell me a little about you, Florida, how you got into insurance and a little bit about the dynamics of your agency. Sure. So yeah, Miami, you know, we're known for the beaches and, and South Beach and all that, but it's pretty much the same weather year round, right? Just humid and hot and that mosquitoes you know um <laughs> so so a little bit about me i guess um i was actually born and raised here in miami which uh it's not very common nowadays and um you know when, when i'm not out there helping people with their insurance um some of my hobbies are like playing the piano i've played in a few bands before and i also play pool uh for fun i play like in a, in a league wow. and you know, just hang out with family and friends, the, the typical things here. I'm not really into the club scene um, here in Miami. I know people think about, oh, well, party time. I think Miami's but... really big in the club scene, right? I mean, they're kind of known, well, they're kind of known for their party. The beachy, they party, you know, all the stars live in Miami. Everybody has to have a Miami beach house, you know? Exactly, you know, <laughs> and a boat, you know, that, yep, exactly. that, that's the life, you know, that's what people think we do all day go to the beach, you know, isn't it That's what um, you do all day you work from the beach, right? Yeah, pretty much, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, a little bit of a dynamic about my agencies that I actually work together with my mom, that a lot of people are like, Oh, you work with your mom? How's that? You know, and uh, luckily, we we get along really good. Uh, we have a good personal relationship. And then it carries over to the business as well. You know, being able to separate both worlds helps as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you get started? Like, you know, the, the everybody always says, and it happens all the time, that people kind of don't intend to go into insurance. And most people don't. We just don't. I mean, I don't, I've only had one person on in the last um, year and a half of doing this podcast that said that they intended to intentionally go into insurance. So, and even then it was more um, corporate, like it was a degree that they got in risk management. But my question for you is, how did you get into insurance and especially working with your mom? How did that kind of evolve? Yeah. So at the time I was uh, 15 years ago, I was in school. At, um, I went first to Miami-Dade College and then FIU. So in Miami-Dade, that's to get like your AA the first two years. I was studying business administration and finance. And my mom needed an appointment setter over one of the summers. So I said, sure, I can, I can help you. I had experience. I used to sell like phones over the phone at a call center. So, you know, I had that good how to talk to people over the phone. So, you know, I made appointments with her. And then one day I'm like, oh, let me go with you to see what it's like. 
So I did. And I said, well, this kind of fits into what I'm studying as well, which is business and especially finance, you know, with the life insurance and all that. Um, so I so I got my license and I just started doing that as a part time thing uh, between school. So one thing led to, to another. And then um, my mom and I just decided to open our, our own agency together since, you know, we have been working together. We said, OK, let's make it official now <laughs> and start our own agency. Um, but, yeah, it's not really at first something that I thought I would be doing, you know, 15 years later or anything, but it's something I really enjoy. And, and um, you know, it's it's a once in a lifetime experience also to work with family. So absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if you guys have such good relationship, it's just such a priceless experience. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had, maybe either working with your mom or being in the life insurance industry? Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to be able to kind of embrace? Because every industry and every person has their own way that they have to be able to kind of get over and, and, and that hump, right? Some of those challenges, whether they're mental, emotional, situational, whatever those might be. So tell me a little bit about, about some of those, because I think a lot of our listeners, whenever we encounter some of those moments, if we can hear how other people kind of conquer, I think it helps to inspire us in those moments. Definitely. So I think like for me personally, um, you know, when I first started out, we would drive everywhere. And here in Miami, something could say, oh, it's 15 miles. And people are like, oh, the, OK, I'll get there in 15 minutes. No, you'll get there like in 45 minutes because <laughs> at any time there's traffic here. OK, so, you know, we we I would go to people's houses or businesses um, for life insurance or, or health insurance. Right. Because we do both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it would be people, oh, I forgot you were coming or, you know, oh, let me think about it. You know, all of that. Yep. So a few years after that, we did that for like six, seven years. We started really doing more of the Affordable Care Act. And with that, you know, that really helped because it was an easy way to build um, a larger book of business since so many people needed it and now they could afford it. Um so then we decided, okay, let's open a, an office. At the time, we weren't going house to house to sell the health insurance because that would be impossible. Right. But um, we would do things over the phone. And then we said, okay, let's just open our, our own office. So we had an office for like two or three years. And then one day I'm like just sitting there thinking, we're just sitting here basically with the computer and people are just coming to the office. Why can't we do this from anywhere? You know, so we decided strategically to close the office and then um, have a home office. And this was like at this point, like five or six years ago. And we just you know, it was really hard to go from going to people's places to then an office to then not telling people, OK, I'll meet you at a Starbucks or go back to how we used to work. And it's like, oh, no, we we can take care of everything over the phone. So that took maybe like a year of transition to really like figure out all the systems and everything in place and also mentally right that okay this is how I work now over the phone and it's been such a good um change for our business like my mom and I we talk about it all the time imagine if now at eight o'clock we were driving to somewhere you know and yeah safety reasons you don't know who you're gonna meet you know you're there by yourself and, and all these things 
So now it's eight o'clock and I made an appointment and the person doesn't show up on the phone. Okay, not a big deal. <laughs> you know, we'll just right. uh, reschedule the appointment. So I feel like it's a lot less stress, you right. know. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of things there that I had to overcome. Wow, sure. wow. So how did you guys make that transition? Do you find that your clients are okay doing everything over the phone? Do they want to meet you and talk to you? Because I know that like a lot of insurance agents, and especially during COVID over the past year, they've been forced to do more over the phone, or they've been forced to do more where they don't see their their the people they work with as frequently because they've gone to more a virtual or a work from home type environment. How did you guys really deal with some of that as far as your clients' responses and or how did you guys kind of deal with, I mean, I know it's your mom, so, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, because you can see her all the time, but, you know, how did you guys kind of get get from working next to each other like all the time versus the concept of being able to really communicate with your clients when you aren't necessarily face-to-face with them? Do, do you still get the opportunity to build that that trust factor if you're not physically sitting in front of them? That's a great question because a lot of people, I think, in our industry think that, oh, no, if you're doing it over the phone, then you can't build trust like you mentioned, or it's harder to close. You need to call them 10 times to to do a close, right? And I think it's just building that same, you know, when you walk into a house, what are you going to do, an icebreaker, right? Oh, I love that picture. Did you pick it out? You know, you see an instrument. Oh, who plays an instrument, right? So it's also building that over the phone, which might not be as easy, but, you know, some tips I would say is like, if you know the person is from Mexico, to put an example, right? Ask them about, oh, what's your favorite food from from where you're from, oh. right? And then that'll get them talking, you know, while you're there doing a quote for them or whatever, right? Um, so I think it's it's still the same. You still need to make people get to know you, trust you, like you, right, before they buy from you. Um, And it's just doing it over the phone instead of face-to-face. And, you know, we did have some clients who, when we told them, because um, they were like, oh, no, no, if it's not face-to-face, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. And I'm like, okay, we understand that. And then, you know, they called us like the next year, like, oh, my God, I went with somebody else, please help me. And then they're like, no, it's fine, it's fine. And now... Some of those that had some objections at first, now they love it because now they're driving or picking up their kids or whatever they're doing, and they're still being able to take care of these important matters, you know? Um, So it's just a lot of it is just education. If you make it complicated for them, then it's going to be complicated. Yeah. You know, if I have to tell them to download Zoom and to get on a video chat with me so I can screen share, I, I would lose a lot of sales because... Wow, you know, the technology savviness is is not there. Right. And so I try to make it as simple as possible. Right. Um, If they need to do like an email signature for life insurance, I'm going to stay with them on the phone, helping them like, okay, you need to click on the button and then do whatever it says. You don't just send them an email and and hope that they do it because, (laughs) you know, a week later has passed and they haven't done it because they're they're lost, you know. So it's little things like that. And I think a lot of it is mental. You know, people want to do like this elaborate thing when at the end of the day, people just need the information that's suitable for them, you know, and, and that you can help them solve their problem. Now, the other thing, too, is, yeah, we're not face to face. But when a client of mine calls me, they know that I'm going to call them back 
or mm-hmm. text them or something. You know, I see that issue often where oh. people are like, oh, I had an agent, but he never picked up the phone. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's little things like that that help uh, sending out thank you cards. And, you know, it's the little details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So have you found that maybe that's gotten easier, like during COVID and everything with people not wanting people to come to their homes? Have you seen that? Because I think what we're really going to be seeing is people don't want other people in their homes as much, you know, like people want to choose who comes over a lot more and a lot more like who they go face to face with. So exactly. have you found that they are just much easier to connect with. Um, I mean, when you get them on the phone, because I mean, a lot of people don't answer their phones. Yeah. But um, you find that it's easier to get them to spend that time on the phone with you and trust you, right? Even though you you haven't physically met them. It is. And I set the expectation up front. Like this call is going to take about 15 to 20 minutes. Do you have that time? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then just keep going. I'm not going to use that as an objection either. Right. Um but I, th- I feel, yeah, with COVID, it definitely has accelerated um, our industry to become more virtual, right? Even the carriers are making it so much easier for us to work virtually. Like for life insurance, they're doing the e-delivery, right? right. Um, for health insurance, they're doing, you know, oh, electronic or over the phone signature, which I use a lot because I know my clientele. I know an email is hard for them. Mm. You know, so it depends who, who you're talking to, you know, if it's somebody that knows how to do that. But um, I believe, yeah, that COVID has made it easier. And if we think about it, how many important issues do we handle over the phone? And we never see the face True. of the person that we're talking about, True. right? My electric bill, the doctor's offices. I mean, you see your doctor, but, you know, insurance companies. You call insurance companies all the time and you don't know, it just says, you know, Jim, but you don't know who Jim is, you know? So one thing I do is when I'm done with, with a phone call, especially if it's a new client, I always send them my card because my card has my picture on it. So okay. then they're like, oh, okay, I know who this is, you know? Okay. I, I joke around with them after I said, I'm like, oh, I'm going to send you my card so you know what I look like. And I tell them, you know, most of my clients, I have no idea what they look like. So they might come up and say hi, and I'll be like, who's this? You know, because they saw my picture or I sent them a video talking about something. So it's just creating that with the technology that we have. And it's not, you don't need to be a tech expert to do that. You know, like I joke around with my mom, like she's lucky that she has me because <laughs> I'm, I'm very tech savvy. Like during COVID, I built a computer <laughs> to to do wow. like video because my laptop was not was not good for that. Um, so I'm able to you know put things in place. But even if I didn't, I could always hire somebody on Fiverr or whatever, right, to do things because my job is to sell insurance, is not to build systems for my yeah. agency. You know, right, so, right. But you know enough to be able to know what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which helps. You're moving forward with technology and all that. So I think that's but great. it's but it's simple technology that we all know how to use. We yeah. all know how to make a phone call, right? So my mom has been able to transition to this because it's simple. We all know how to make a phone call, we know how to make a text. And the the easier you can make it for yourself and for the clients, I think that'll help a lot of people get over the hurdle of oh no, it has to be face to face you know right 
Right, right. So, is, and and as far as like you know, just Miami. How are you? What, how are you guys like recruiting for clients and connecting with people and so forth? I mean, I know Florida hasn't shut down as much as as some of the other areas, but how are you guys finding? people today as far as your clients and how are you able to 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 reach on out and get new clients during this time? Yeah, so I mean, we do a lot of the the ACA, like I mentioned earlier, and of right. course, it's helped that they've reopened there right until August 15th. So first, I obviously I reach out to my clients, I help them get the new tax credit. So they were all super happy with that. And that just leads to natural referrals. But I always remind them all like, hey, Remember, you remind your friends and family until August 15th if they need to do something. So that's one way. And then the other is like I build relationships with other professionals that can send referrals. Right. So, you know, any any professional. So anybody that works with people <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. Because people think, oh, I need to talk to a lawyer right. or an accountant. OK, yeah, those are good referrals. But depends what you're selling, you know, it might be a lot harder for them to refer you business. So maybe the a hairdresser might be a better referral than than a lawyer, right? So right. so it's just building that. And then from there, that's where I get a lot of referrals. I've also done like Facebook ads and things like that. And how does it that work? Helped, you know, and other people hate them. So how did that work for you? For me, it's been good because I've made them very personal about okay. like, you know, I'm local in Miami and this and that. So th they see my face so they know who they're going to call. Right. You know, I'm not here sending like, I don't mention anything about companies or anything like that. Obviously, it's very generic information, but uh, the reception is good because people are like, oh, is this Lorena? And then they're like, oh, OK, yeah. You know, so I've been able to close Facebook leads because. I generated them. I didn't buy them from mm. some third party that I have no idea what they put on the ad, you know, um, which when I first started out in insurance, we did a lot of like mortgage protection and we would buy leads, um, which is nothing wrong with that, because obviously you need somewhere to start or you, if things are slow, you can't just sit here and hope for things to happen, you know, so sure. it's a combination of things to get clients, you know, it's not just one thing, right? Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have in 30 days. That's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. 
We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's virtualintell.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel, cast certified. Well, I love how you guys have such a well-rounded approach that you do a lot of different things that you're constantly growing and learning and, and adding that exposure to your agency to be able to reach on out and connect directly with your community. Yeah, thank you. And I, I feel the same about like selling products, right? People get a little bit caught up on, oh, how do you sell life or how do you sell a cancer policy, for example? And I'm like, I simplify everything. If you know how to fill out an application, get someone's information, that's pretty much what it is. It might be a different product, you know, but at the end of the day, it's the same process, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So important. And you do usually, I think people, whenever we change methodology, we get really confused almost to use the same tactics that we had used before, right? That connection. We just, we, we forget, or we just really don't focus on bringing in that same, that same feel, that same experience into just a new, a new platform. Right. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So as far as like working with your mom and all that, what are some of your joys and what are your, some of your, some of your successes with that? Yeah. I mean, my mom is very good with words, which helps okay. because whenever we're reaching out to clients, we want to make sure that it's not a super long essay type thing that we're sending, um, but uh, but that it's straight and to the point and that they understand what we're sending them, right? That it's not like above their heads, you know? Yeah. Um, so my mom is very good at that. And so it, it's been a great combination that, that you know, I've been able to more di digitize our business. And then she brings in like all the, um, the sales and, and marketing aspects that I've learned from her to implement as well. So well, it sounds you know, like you guys are a great team, like you guys a great have, team, you know, mm -hmm. skills that really complement each other. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people, whenever they work with a family member, they kind of copy the family member rather than compliment the family member. And I think you guys have found a really good rhythm to be able to work together and compliment rather than just, you know, copying and doing the same Ex thing that the other person. Yeah, because yeah. The, the interesting thing is like, my mom has always been very good at face-to-face, -face, right? Like breaking the ice and all that stuff. Like I never liked walking into a business like that always like terrified me, like having to go in there and like introduce myself. I did not like doing that. She was good at that. So I'm like, you lead and then I'll talk or whatever, <laughs> you know, but so then the same thing, she didn't really like the phones at first until she she saw the benefits, you know, of not having to drive everywhere and, and all that craziness. And, and we could really maximize our time and help more people. Mm -hmm. So did she have a harder time adjusting maybe to the work from home, the virtual aspect? Um, because, you know, like you said, you had you kind of started your career, if you will, on the phones because you started like you said at a call center doing some stuff when you were younger 
So, but she had started her career face to face, right? Not right. Or making appointments and and connecting with people on their living room couch. You guys kind of started, and it, it's really funny because you kind of just said this. You guys kind of started on opposite ends of the approach, and then you guys have kind of met in the middle, right? And you taught each other how to do this, and um, you taught her how to do more online or you know phone stuff, and then she taught you how to do more face to face stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's so awesome that you guys have been able to pull that out of each other and create a business that you're both very happy with. Does she miss more of the, the face-to-face? Is that something that she craves, something that she misses just because she has that background a little bit more? I think at this point, no, because <laughs> because it's been like five or six years, you know, that we've been doing it over the phone. Yep. But definitely that first year might have, you know, I remember like, well, it is what it is. Like, what are we going to go back to? To doing that and then you know once once we saw how how easy it was you know like there's no going back you know like like yeah. i mentioned before we joke about it now like i'll be like oh i drove up to orlando today and i didn't it was just because i talked i helped somebody <laughs> over the phone you right. know so she's like oh my god yeah that's right you know so um it's like everything i think people don't aren't um persistent in doing something so maybe you try something for a month and it didn't work out, but it doesn't mean that if you keep trying and being diligent and doing it the same exact way that you've been doing it, that you won't see success. I'm right. not saying, you know, don't change things. Oh, it's not working. Let me keep doing it. I'm not saying that, but give it enough time to, to, you know, figure out how to do your introduction or how to do your clothes right. or whatever it is, you know? until you feel comfortable and it becomes like a repetitive process almost. Right. I mean, you're not going to say the same thing to everybody, but at some point it kind of becomes a little bit of a system that you develop. Right. But you need to give it time, you know, to. So how long would you normally tell somebody to give it? Because I mean, I know that I'm, I'm people always say that, you know, you quit right before you find success, right. It's darkness right before the, the dawn, right. All these other things. I think part of that, and I know that's a very ambiguous idea, right? Like you never really know. I think all of us are really afraid of spending a lot of time on something and having it be a failure, like doing it too long, right? And doing it wrong for too long to where, you know, you just just were never, ever even going to have an option for for success, right? But I think a lot of people are so afraid of that, that they don't push through the uncomfortableness and push through developing the scripts and push through, oh, that worked and that didn't work, you know? And um, we we think of everything as just an overnight success, right? We think of everything as just, oh, such and such just was a natural at being able to do this. But it's not. It's still the fact that, you know, comedians have to go and work their stuff. Where did they get last? Did they have to wait longer? Did they, you know, and, and artists do the same thing. They, they work a a script, they work a book, they work yeah. all these things and they really massage it until it turns into something. And they could do that for years. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, the great Gatsby, which is just a classic and a book, right? But it took years upon years upon years to be able to accomplish that. And I think a lot of us are afraid of that, of taking years upon years upon years and having a failure. So where do you usually give something the breath to be able to, for you to learn it, and for you to be able to adjust before you determine if it's something you want to stick with or not. 
Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I don't have like an exact number, but if I had to guess, I would say about three months, Okay. you know, um, I'm not saying three months of total failure, but if you're seeing something works, you know, keep at it and keep improving it, you know, right. after three months, you know, you say, you know what, let me look at, look at my numbers. Cause I think that's the thing. People don't keep track of their numbers. They think, right. oh, I called 20 people and one person answered, well, you need to call more people, right? To, <laughs> to get to whatever number you want to get to. Um, so I would say, I would say three months when you're starting something new, at least, you know, like a quarter. Um, but, you know, you mentioned something about artists and things like that. So like, I play the piano, right? And people always like to come up and be like, oh, you're so good and whatever, right? Like after a performance. But people don't see the behind the scenes of practicing mm -hmm. or maybe that one little part that you don't hear it. I'm, I might've pressed the wrong note, right? But I kept going. So I look at that as, as, the, same, as the same thing. Like people mess up or something doesn't work out and that's it, they quit. Oh, yeah. in piano, you can't do that. I can't just mess up and be like, oh, I'm going to start over, <laughs> you know, from the beginning of the song. Like, it doesn't work like that. And and the same thing with, like, comedians, right? Jerry Seinfeld says that's, like, one of the toughest jobs because you have to imitate yourself every night. So it's the first time that audience is hearing that joke. But for you, it's, like, the 200th time that you're saying that joke, right? And I feel like an in insurance is the same thing almost, right? Like mm -hmm. how many times are you going to say the same story or the same thing? But for this new client, it's something new that maybe they've never heard of before. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I would say at least give something three to four months of doing something consistently, changing, you know, little things in here where here and there where you might, you know, be able to improve, but not change the entire system, you know, yeah. or. I love that. I love that. So important. I think that's really, really valuable advice because we do kind of quit. I think a really a little bit too early. You know, I hear people all the time. It's like, I've been at it a month and you know, I'm just not, I'm not rich yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a lot of things is about building that pipeline. Like they yeah. say, you know, uh, it's not going to be instant. Maybe in three months, four months is when you get, that sale, I mean, that's a pretty long sales cycle, but I'm just putting it uh, as an example, right? Um, because then you'll have enough things, enough prospects, enough, you know, people that you're talking to for it to really be successful, you know? Um, right. mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what, Lorena, if people want to reach out to you and learn more, you do have a podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I even go there, tell us about your podcast because I'm really excited we had kind of had a little conversation earlier about just the 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 impact that a a a podcast can make and a and a and the timeline on it and how easy it is. But tell us what you're doing on your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called Twelve Minute Talks, and I basically interview other business owners about what they do and how they help the community here in in Florida, basically. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm about to release episode 100, which wow. uh, is going to be a, a, a big guest. He's not uh, from Florida, though, but I couldn't say no to this person. So um, definitely one, one to look out for. And uh, it's called 12 Minute Talks because it was my 12th year of being in insurance. So I thought, you know, that would be an interesting number. And um, it, it's just the right time, I think, for people to 
to, you know, get information about other professionals in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. I love it. Do you have a pretty good reception for that? Yeah. Yeah. People like it um, because it's, it's short and to the point. Yeah. And, and so it's just easy for the guests to share as well. Um, yeah. So it's been going good. I love it. I love it. And it's really good too, to get your name out there and be an advocate mm-hmm. for your community. I think it's definitely powerful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, Lorena, if people wanted to find you, your podcast, if people wanted to connect, pick your brain about whatever that they might want to pick your brain about, how would they be able to reach out to you? Sure. So I guess the best way would be on Facebook. You can just search for my name. Um, And then the other way, uh, my podcast, you can just search on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere else. um, 12 Minute Talks. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love it. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today as we talk to Lorena Tomasini. And she is awesome. And you know what? The name of her agency is M-A-L-M. And say that for me real quick so I can... (laughs) <laughs> mom mom okay okay uh life and health agency out of miami florida so you know what reach her reach on out to her on facebook connect with her she is a wealth of knowledge and she is a powerhouse so we're super excited to have her on today thank you so much for joining us today lorena i really appreciate you taking the time thank you i appreciate the opportunity to be on Well, thanks. Everybody, make sure you do subscribe to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We do release a new episode every single week. We would love to have you join us. Make sure that you subscribe, share it, and guys, give us your uh, reviews. We want to know what you think. We want to know what you think about how we're doing, how we're reaching out, and if you know of other powerful women in the insurance space, send them my direction. Look me up on Facebook. We have the Power Women in Insurance page. And we would love to be able to connect and promote more women and what they're doing inside of the insurance space. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week.